gospel is a very particular word or kind of speech in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, the gospel is God's promise of a son who will crush the serpent's head, forgive the sins of his people, raise them from the dead, and give them everlasting life solely on the basis of his grace for the sake of Christ. If you're interested in the, the beginnings of the church, you know, I think looking at the creed is a great way of, of getting into church history and really seeing where the faith kind of came together. In the scripture, the way it presents discernment is actually the skill that you develop where you're able to identify goodness. And what was surprising to me is that is much the way we use the language of discernment outside of the church. The real difference, I would say, like what patriarchy teaches versus what we should believe is that what they believe about the nature of men and women, that there is something fundamentally different about authority and submission between men and women. And that's not just like within particular relationships, but men and women in general. This is their nature. What are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment? The duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man. The Gospel never tells us something to do. The Gospel tells us about something that's been done. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. This is Colleen Sharp and Rachel Miller is my co-host. And... We have one more episode before our little break. We don't take too many breaks. So um, during that time, we are going to play some of our best of episodes. We, we want to talk about prayer today. Yeah. So Rachel, Rachel, why do we pray if God is sovereign? Well, I guess, you know, the, the textbook Sunday school answer would be we pray because God tells, told us to pray or tells us to pray. Um, it, and I guess technically, while that's true, I don't think that's the the most helpful way to think about it. And yes, we pray out of obedience, but we pray because we have a relationship with God. And in this relationship with God, we we want to come to Him and we want to talk to Him. And we have this access uh, to Him through Christ, through the work of the Spirit, that is uh, such a blessing, such a... Um, uh, such a gift that we can go to him and we can bring to him our concerns. We can come to him and we can thank him and praise him. Um, we can confess our sins and he hears us. And so I would say, you know, first and foremost, we pray because God asks us to, because he wants to hear from us. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I, I'm married and, you know, why do I need to talk to my husband? We committed for life, you know, Obviously. I want to talk, to, but I want to talk to him because I like right. to talk to him. Exactly. That that is. I've actually found something on the OPC website from uh, they were talking about John Calvin had given these reasons mm -hmm. for praying, um, and so I think it's from Institutes of the Christian Religion. I can link it in the episode notes. Uh, prayer makes us zealous to seek, desire, love, and serve Him while we become accustomed in every need to flee to him as to a sacred anchor. It turns our eyes to be more appropriate in our maker's eyes. Prayer makes us ever ready to give God thanks 
recognizing that all benefits are from him. Uh, when God answers our prayers, we are especially prepared to meditate on his infinite kindness. Uh, we tend to esteem what we recognize as answered prayer more readily than we do all of God's many other provisions. And we pray uh, that use and experience may, according to the measure of our feebleness, confirm his providence. So there's a, a little list. I, I can link it in the episode notes. That's very helpful. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the questions that we get because we're reformed, because we believe in God's sovereignty, right? And, you know, what's the point of praying if God, if we're not going to change God's mind, right? If God already knows what he's going to do and, and he's going to do it, you know, what, why should we pray? But I think you know, in some ways it's looking at it the wrong way, right? Because if we, if we look at it, that prayer is, is like, treating God like some cosmic genie, right? I bring him to the things and then, then he knows about the things that I need and then he fixes it. Right. And, you know, that's, that's of course not the way we should see our relationship with God. That's not who he is. Uh, but prayer reminds us that we're dependent on him. And it reminds us that the good things that we have come from him. It reminds us that he is sovereign and he does care about our needs. And, he is good and he loves us. And so we bring our concerns to him as our father who loves us. And we say to him, or sorry, because he is our father who loves us. And we say to him, you know, here's what is going on in my life. And I know that you're the one who's sovereign. And then we trust in him to do his, what is his will and do what is for our best, whatever the answer is. But we know that he hears us and he does respond uh, and so then the why we pray is because, um, not because we're trying to change God, but because it, it changes how we view God, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it's very helpful, especially when, when, when our prayers aren't answered sometimes in the way that we want to want them to be answered. I think it is uh, that the prayer itself kind of helps us rest in mm. rest in him, knowing that he, like you said, that he loves us, that he's faithful to us, that he is answering our prayers, even when it's not the way that, you know, we would hope. I was thinking recently, um, you know, with the, the current situation, my, my husband has been on 50% furlough, which means we get 50% pay. And, you know, we've been, we're fine. Like God has taken care of us through this and he is providing for us. But one of the things that we've been praying is that God would provide for us, continue to provide for us. And so, and we've had other times like this in our lives where things were uns unsure, or unsecure, you know, they're insecure about finances and, um, little things like the uh, a rebate on a from a doctor's office that came in that I wasn't expecting or you know there was we overpaid on this and it comes in or our insurance decided to cut something and we got so these little checks and things that have come in and if I hadn't been praying about you know lord please provide for me I would have gotten them I've been glad to see them but I wouldn't necessarily have thought about that that was god answering my prayer if that makes sense yeah and it is a means that God has chosen to use in his sovereignty and his providence. And 
and sometimes too, where God answers a prayer, but maybe not, not, I don't mean just like, please, please heal me. And he doesn't heal you. But sometimes he brings it about like you were saying in a way. So your husband's not back at a hundred percent working, but the Lord is still providing in other ways. And maybe even sometimes in unexpected ways like that Mm -hmm. medical refund. Right. Um, I think you're right too about the means, right? That God ordains not just what happens, but the, the means that things, the way things happen. And he uses us, he incorporates us into that so that we can see what he's doing. It's like you have a, uh, say for example, a friend that you've been praying for that they would come to faith or praying for a relationship that you have with someone that there would be reconciliation. And you begin to see the ways that it, it happens and you can see that and see, okay, God's working here and he's answering my prayer. And I, I appreciate knowing, you know, God, maybe it would have happened anyway, but I see it because God's letting me see how he's working. I have a good story I would love to share about um, praying for someone's salvation. Cause that, I know that probably almost everyone that can hear us has someone in their life that doesn't know the Lord that you pray for, that you pray for their salvation. And we have um, a friend is a, it's a family friend and he would uh, hang out with all of us um, I hang out with a lot of Christians because his his best friend is my brother-in-law. So he kind of grew up and hearing the gospel and, um, you know, we'd pray and we'd share the gospel. And he just like, well, I'm glad you guys have something, but I'm just not interested. You know, we many of us know people like that, kind of agnostic and prayed and prayed, shared the gospel. And sometimes I'm convicted of my own um, not trusting in the Lord because kind of would look at him and think he's just never going to come to faith. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, his mom was a Christian. And after his mom died, his mom sharing the gospel right there in her deathbed with him again. And after, after she died, he cleaning out her stuff and decided, I'm just going to read through this Bible she believed in. Mm -hmm. And um, he decided to start with the new Testament. This is three years ago, I think now and got to the middle of John and said, he just knew that everything he was reading was true. And it's just been amazing seeing the Lord's work in his life. But we realized that the Lord was even working, you know, and answering our prayers even when we didn't know it because he says that just sitting with Christians and hearing all those theological conversations, he realized how much he knew and understood once Mm -hmm. he came to Christ because of that. And so it's, been a good reminder to me that the Lord is often working in ways that we don't see. So even when we're praying for something and we think, wow, is the Lord doing anything? Is mm-hmm. he hearing my prayer? The Lord is working in ways we do not see. Yes. Yes, he is. And in his timing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'd like it to be in our timing. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, but his timing is is good and right. He knows everything. He sees the whole picture when we don't. Yeah, I think that's where, and we'll we'll talk about it I think a little later. That it can be helpful to keep um, a journal somewhere of of the of the things that you've been praying about, and to to go back sometimes and and look and see um, if things have been answered in ways or that you didn't expect, or that um, just just kind of see how God has worked 
in the course of over time in your life. Yeah, I've, I've done that, what you described, and also just with a gratitude journal. Um, because sometimes when things are difficult, it's, you're, you don't have the things you're thankful for up on the tip of your tongue, exactly. And when you're having a difficult time and, you know, sometimes not thinking of ways to thank God, but going back to that gratitude journal and seeing all those things um, that the Lord has given me has been helpful. I have a, a little part of a quote from Calvin for about prayer, for he ordained it not so much for his own sake as for ours. Now he wills, and this, I, I copied this from a blog article, which I'm going to link, so it doesn't have the exact thing. It's kind of got some dots. Um, that his due be rendered to him, but the profit of his sacrifice also, by which he is worshipped, returns to us. But I really... I uh, appreciate that. He, God isn't waiting for our prayers to do what he's going to do, but he has ordained it uh, for our benefit. Very good. So how, how should we pray? And I will, one of the things I do want to point people to, both Westminster Standards and Heidelberg Catechism has sections on prayer, which I find very helpful. So it, I'll, I'll link exactly where to look for those in the episode notes. But how ought we to pray? Yeah. I think I'll, I'll start with the, what the Westminster Shorter Catechism question. So what is prayer? And um, the answer is prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for the things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. And then the next question, what rule has God given for our direction in prayer? Uh, and the answer, the whole word of God is of use to direct us in prayer. But the special rule of direction is that form of prayer which Christ taught his disciples, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is often a good place to start. Uh, it's one of the first things we taught our kids how to, how to pray. Um, so that, you know, if I, uh, like when we start our school days, I have one of the boys or myself, we pray uh, before we get started and we rotate around so that everyone gets a chance to, to start uh, learning how to pray in public. My youngest uh, has not been, is just to the point of getting comfortable with making his own prayers. So typically when it's his turn, we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And so it's, it's his way of, uh, of learning how to lead prayer. But um, the elements of the Lord's Prayer, it's not that there is magic in the words. You know, if, we cite, if we recite the right words in the right order, then God will, will bless us. But there is a, a format in the Lord's Prayer that you can see, and you see it in um, both the the Westminster Standards and also in the Heidel, Heidelberg, that it goes through the, the various petitions and what you're praying for there and how that helps you and what you're supposed to be doing and how we should be addressing God. So there's definitely stuff there to look at to uh, think about what elements uh, are good for us to focus on in our prayer, including, you know, of course, praising God and thanking Him um, confessing our sins, um, asking for him to provide for us and to, um, and of course that his will would be done, that his, that he would be glorified. And those are some of the elements there. And if you want to do a study of prayer, if that's something you're interested in doing, uh, one of the things I've found helpful is going through those, uh, those parts in the Westminster standards and Heidelberg catechism and, and the proof texts, um, mm -hmm. 
it's it's really helpful like what Rachel's talking about kind of understanding those those elements of of prayer one of the things since in in um in the shorter catechism the part that Rachel read the whole word of god is of use to direct us in prayer one of the ways that i've i like to write out my prayers sometimes and i'll even take sections of scripture and find those useful in in writing out those prayers. I have uh, prayers that I've written out for my children, uh, even where I've taken you know parts of Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, and incorporated those into my prayers for my children. That's really nice. A Heidelberg Catechism question one sixteen: Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us, and also because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit to those only who with sincere desires continually ask them of him and are thankful for them. Yeah, and you see again, Heidelberg, again and again, to focus on um, gratitude, right? So this is prayer is part of the thankfulness that we have, our gratitude to God. Um, And because, again, you know, he promises his grace. He promises the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, I think one of the things that is most encouraging to me in Scripture uh, about prayer is that or the Scripture that says that the Holy Spirit um, groans for us, right? That His, he, even the things that we can't even put into to words about how we should pray, that He He is there with us praying, right? That it's it's not just us and our efforts, but it is the Spirit at work in us. And that's such a, a blessing because I'm sure all of us have had times, um, maybe even most of the time, that we're not sure exactly how to pray or what to pray or what, what, should, what should I say here at this moment. And, you know, we're trying to come to God and the words are failing us. Um, and to know that the Holy Spirit is there and He is interceding. Because um, I know, of course, it's, the, it's Christ who is our intercessor. Well, and I think it's important to remember, like Rachel was talking about, we talk about Heidelberg Catechism, guilt, grace, and gratitude. And so remembering that this question 116 is in the gratitude part. You are not going to be sincere enough. You are not going to be thankful enough. Um, But what Rachel said is true, that Christ is interceding for us. Um, So some people may have heard um, of, you know, using acts um, for prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And one thing Rachel and I wanted to mention is not every one of your prayers has to have each of these elements. So that's, that's definitely not what we're saying, but this are, these are elements that you may use in prayer, um, adoration and confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And it, and you know what? It doesn't have to be in this order either. I mean, I think we all know those times where we're going through something very difficult, and we just come right in with that supplication. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, I need help right now. <laughs> I'm struggling, you know. And, and so it, these are elements that you may use in prayer but may not be in every prayer. And your prayers are going to vary depending on what's going on. I remember hearing someone talk about, um, like, for, with talking about moms during the day, and they call it popcorn prayers, right? That you just, mm-hmm. it's the things that you do, like you're sitting there washing the dishes and something comes to mind, oh, you know, so-and-so is having surgery tomorrow. Lord, please be with them and their family, right? And so it just set quick, 
you know. Yes. Or, um, oh, my, my son has a, a driving test. Lord, please be with him in his driving test today. And, um, or even um, you get good news about something. Lord, thank you for, for answering that prayer. It's, it's so these little bits and pieces. So it's like a, you know, the conversation that you're having with God. You know, I'm not making light of that, but you have this, you know, you go to him to tell him the things that are on your heart. And it doesn't have to be particularly formal. It doesn't have to be done um, in a particular format every time, you know, as you sit in a particular place or stand or kneel, whatever, you know, wherever you are and however you're doing, you can say a very heartfelt prayer uh, that, that addresses the need that you have at that moment. And it doesn't have to be uh, a formula. And I guess that's what I was wanting to yeah. encourage. And I tell you, I have gotten a lot of praying done doing the dishes. It's a good time. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, through our day, right? We, we pray before meals, right? We pray. Right. Uh, I usually pray before I get up in the morning about my day, uh, about my husband's day. And um, I pray with the kids, with school. Uh, we pray with the kids uh, before bed. Uh and in the evenings before we go to bed, my husband and I pray together about um, things that are on our hearts and about our day and the things that we're concerned about as a way of, of um, encouraging each other and also as a way of sharing that intimacy of what's in each other's hearts and what's in our day that we can be, so I can be aware of what my husband has on his heart and how I can pray for him. And, you know, and, and even as I'm saying these things, you know, I'm telling you the things, the different kinds of prayers that happen in my life in the day, not as a model that other people need to follow, but as just examples of the different ways it can look, right? It's just very simple, more more formal. Sometimes um, when I'm on, a, on the phone with a friend and uh, you know, something comes up and we can pray right there together. You know, these are just different ways that prayer is part of our lives and, and should be part of our lives. And it does not have to be... Um, Again, it doesn't have to be something that's very um, determined and set out and formal. Yeah. It, you know, I feel sometimes like I'm talking to the Lord throughout the day. Think of mm -hmm. the pray without ceasing. Um, you know, the same because I have a relationship with the Lord and I love him and, you know, I trust him and I come to him. And so, you know, throughout the day, there, mm -hmm. like you said, there's, there's different ways. One of the... One of the things I um, appreciate is some of the um, written out prayers. There's all mm. kinds of different prayer books, and I have a couple of them in my house, which I'm not at my house, so I can't. I can't have. I don't remember the exact name, but I'm going to look them up and maybe put some um, in there. And I thought also um, of Christina Fox's book, A Heart Set Free: yes. Journey to Hope Through the Psalms Lament, and uh, we talk about this book a lot because Rachel and I both love this book, but she even talks about writing out some of your own Psalms of Lament, you know, so mm -hmm. those, those are even um, prayers that, that you can use, um, that you can find helpful, and the Psalms in general, too. Um, I definitely, and through song, too, uh, some of those Psalms that I just really love that have been so helpful to me in praying them. I also have them in song. Mm -hmm. So sometimes my prayer is, is in song. Sometimes I make up songs. So 
now everyone knows. <laughs> um, oh, I think a lot of my prayers are in song. I, I always have um, song lyrics, hymns, bits and pieces of songs that are in psalms and other things that are special or that have meant something to me. And those help a lot, especially in times when I'm not sure how to pray. Yes, very much so. Very much. Um, yeah, that's where too, like, it, it seems uh, cliche to say, you know, it's just, it's, oh, that's just something that Christians say, but it's really true that when you don't know how to pray and you're not sure what to say, that it is appropriate to open the Psalms and to read the Psalms, find one that fits what's going on or how you're feeling, because there's one there for everything. There really is. And, or multiple ones and just, or just start somewhere and read through and pray through the Psalms as you're reading. And it gives you words uh, to say, and that can be a real blessing. Absolutely. And, and I know we kind of briefly mentioned this, but I think a prayer journal on Mm -hmm. a couple um, levels is helpful. Both. um, Now I, I use um, an app where I write down when someone tells me something to pray for, I write it down and I keep it organized that way. But then I've also used a, um, a journal where I write down requests, but I also write down prayers. Um, things that sometimes for me, it, this might be partially different personalities, but t- sometimes for me writing out those prayers is helpful. That might not be helpful for you, but um, for some people it may be. Yeah, mentioning um, Christina's book and talking about how to write your own Psalms of Lament, it's incredibly helpful as a book and going through, you know, what the the elements of a of a Psalm of a prayer lament are and how how to write your own, like what to do, how to direct um, your your thoughts into a prayer so that it follows that that format of crying out to God and trusting in Him. And in the end, relying on him that he will hear us um, and telling yourselves again the promises that he has made. Um, it's, it's really a very, very helpful book. Yeah, because even in those times of distress, being able to hold on to what you know to be true about God, mm-hmm. that he's been faithful to you, that he loves you, um, that he has given you grace and mercy and salvation. Mm-hmm. I I find that is helpful to me in trusting the Lord when I'm maybe not feeling su- super uh, trustful. Right. Yes. So I want to talk about some of the misunderstandings about prayer because I think even, even if kind of you intellectually know better, um, sometimes I, I think we fall into some of these traps um, so Rachel had said in the beginning that, you know, God isn't our genie. So mm-hmm. prayer isn't some sort of magic. Um, right. I, I um, like to look up definitions. Magic is manipulation of spiritual powers to carry out one's human will. Okay, so this is not how it works. We see some of this in kind of the charismatic movement. You know, if mm-hmm. I pray, pray a certain way with enough faith, then God will do what I want. Almost like God's just waiting for you to, um, you know, mix together the right potion and then he can work in that. that that's not how it works. Right. If, if you find the right formula and you say it just the right way with the right um, meaning and you get the order of the words and you sit right and do everything correctly, you know, that it's not that way. That is not, that's not the way we pray. It's not why we pray. 
Uh, it's not how God works. It's not how any of this works, right? The, I actually had, I cannot believe I was taught this. This was just somebody <laughs> in, um, I just remember a youth leader saying, you know, if you bug God enough, he'll, he's just going to do it. Um, almost like you're manipulating God. He literally used the example, kind of like the kid that's, you know, please, mom, please, mom, please, mom. Finally, mom's like, fine, I'll do it. That, that's just not the way it works. You're, you don't get to manipulate God to do what you want him to do. It's funny because in, in our household, you know, I've, I've looked at my kids and has that ever worked for you like that? Right. And they're trying something. Like, Does it ever? Like, no, it never works. I'm like, why do you keep trying? <laughs> it's just, it's just not works with happen. some moms, but not me. Well, it certainly <laughs> can, right? And I'm sure that right. there are ways in which I'm not saying that I've done it right. It's just it, that being yeah. bugged and pressed on is it's just more likely to get me upset with you than it is to make me do something right. nice for you. Why? Well, and not saying that God's that way, right? It's, right? it's just that idea that you know he's a just that permissive parent, or you know, it's the the God as the, the grandfather in the sky who's just, he wants to do nice things for you. You just have to go ask. and Yeah. And, you know, I think I've, I've said before in, in another discussion here that you know, there's a passage in Scripture when Jesus says, and it's talking to them about prayer, and he says that, you know, which of you fathers, if your uh, child asked you for an egg, would you give them a snake? Right, or bread, and you'd give them a stone. Right, that God wants to and plans to give us good things, right? Because He is our loving Father. I, of course, one of my campus ministry discussions that He used to give us was sometimes, though, because we don't always pray as we should. Sometimes we're asking for the snake, we're asking for the stone, right? And God gives us, you know, the the egg or the bread that we didn't ask for, but what we really need. Um. And, you know, that's where the definitions that we read from both, I think, both the Heidelberg and the Westminster talk about that prayer is asking for things that are according to God's will, right? And, you know, that doesn't mean we always know what, it, what His will is. We can pray for things, you know, not out of a maliciousness that we like, well, I just want Him to do what I want Him to do. But we just, we pray and we don't always know what is, if we're praying rightly, but we trust that He is always going to act rightly, whether or not we, we understood correctly as we prayed. And sometimes we, you know, we can pray for things like, help, help me, I've, I've had this prayer, help me, Lord, to trust you, even if things do not turn out the way that I'd like them to. And, um, you know, help me to be patient. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are things that we do know that God wants of us that we can pray for, um, to be patient, to have love for our neighbor. Um, and things like that. I think isn't that in the the Jan Karen the uh, books about um, Hart uh, Mitford right the series that the oh boy it's been a long time since I've read the <laughs> <laughs> it's me too but the the pastor in that one that he always says you know, he prayed the prayer that that God always answers right that God always hears and answers which is you know, your will be done right, right. Yeah, but it is it's like we go. You know, I don't know what to do, but Lord, your will be done, right? And you see it in in Jesus's prayer in the garden, right? That if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. But if it's not, you know, your will be done, right? And 
you know, we can take heart from from that kind of praying that we'll pray, but also with the acknowledgement that we know that God will do what is right and good, um, even if it's not exactly the way we asked for it. You know, I just had a situation like this where, <laughs> you know, I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do, and. I, I know that you're in this, but I'm having a really hard time. And where I, I wasn't even sure what to pray for. And except for that, we can always pray that, okay, Lord, your will, will be done. Um, and there is comfort in that. There is comfort knowing that he loves us when you were talking about, you know, a father to his child and that the Lord loves me. We talked a little bit about this before, but there are different kinds of prayer. So we have in Westminster talks about um, prayer in corporate worship. Um, so that's going to be a little bit more formal than the prayers that I say while I'm washing dishes um, throughout the day or things like that. Um, uh, but there's a little section in that I wanted to read. Prayer with Thanksgiving being one special part of religious worship is by God required of all men and that it may be accepted. It is to be made in the name of the Son by the help of the Spirit. I like that. Um, mm -hmm. According to his will, with understanding, reverence, humility, fervency, faith, love, and perseverance. And if vocal, in a known tongue. <laughs> so. Right. right. It, it really is. If if you want to know more about prayer, the sections in um, the confession and the catechisms are very helpful for understanding the, the ways in which uh, we should pray and the, what prayer means and how to understand it. One of the things Rachel and I want to talk about, because I know this is, this is even, there's even been posts in the group about this before when you're, you know, in a Bible study or, you know, some sort of gathering and, you know, they go around in a circle and each person prays. And I know this can be really intimidating and maybe a sort of pressure where mm. you feel like you have to say certain words. And you have some good things to say about this, Rachel. You know, for those of us who you know grew up um, in the church, we may be very familiar with kind of the forms and the ways to pray and the, the, the phrases and the things that are common in prayer. And we may feel more comfortable, although some, some people were never very comfortable throughout their lives with, with public prayer just by their own personalities. But when we're praying, as long as the prayer is orthodox, right, that we're praying to the God of the Bible, as long as we're praying, you know, in, in Christ and through the Spirit, then if we stumble over our words, if we don't say things as as prettily or as as flowingly as as someone else in the group, you know, it's okay, right? The prayer that you're offering is not there to be judged by the rest of the group. Um, it's there to be between you and God and to encourage the group, but it's not about it's not about you, right? And so I'd encourage you uh, to be willing to pray and to think about how you can pray, but not to be overly worried about whether or not it'll come out perfect, right? That's, that's not the point. And really, if people are sitting there and what they get out of it is judging you on how you're praying, they've missed the point of the prayer because they should be focusing on their own prayer with God instead of, you know, picking apart what you've said. So 
Yeah, all that to say, um, you know, be willing. It is one of those things you have to learn how to do and get comfortable doing. And, and you know, if it's something that you're never comfortable with, that's fine. You know, that's just something that um, you can have a strong, vivid, and impactful prayer life without being good or comfortable with praying in public. My, I was telling Colleen, my grandfather, I uh, was an elder, was a very quiet man in general. And of course, being an elder in the church, he would get called on to pray. And so he typed out a prayer that he put in, uh, he taped into the inside cover of his Bible. And so anytime that he was asked to pray, and he wasn't sure how, what he should say, or he felt uncomfortable, or was on the spot, he would open his Bible and he would read the prayer. And I don't think most people knew that about him, but it was, you know, it's one of those encouraging things that he was a man who loved the Lord and who was a responsible man in the church. And even he struggled with praying in public. And I think sometimes, like you mentioned, it is personalities. You know, some people um, just have a hard time even speaking in a group and things like that. And, you know, I would, I would even encourage you, you know, um, to find a friend that you can pray with mm-hmm. um, because that, that's a lot less intimidating, I think. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends that we pray together regularly. And I, I think that's helpful. The thing that really helped me, um, which I started looking at when I was younger, was even even just in my prayer life in general with some of the prayer books and mm. writing out prayers based on scripture and stuff like that. Um, I think things, yeah. I, I love what your, what your grandfather did. That's an excellent idea. I like the, um, the Valley of Vision prayers, right? Those are very helpful. There's several that I go to pretty regularly uh, in different times. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's helpful to look at other examples of prayer. I mean, it's not something that we should have to, uh, you know, recreate the wheel every time we come to the Lord. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say, if you feel kind of intimidated when Matt and I first got married, um, he, he was always been a very early riser. And so before we got married, uh, I discovered that he would get up very early in the morning and he had a prayer journal and he would pray and um, it, every day on different things and you keep a record of it. And so he had all these prayer journals and things. And I felt very intimidated by that. I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can, you know, match what you do, right? And of course, it wasn't necessary for me to do exactly what he does. We ha- I have my own things that I do, and we do things together, and our life is different now than it was then. And uh, so, we have adjusted that over the years. But, um, you know, I think instead of being intimidated, I should have been encouraged. And so, it, I have encouraged him to help me do better in some of these areas and remembering to pray. Because I tend to fall into patterns, like I have, you know, you you pray exactly the same things every night, right? You see the things that are on your mind and they pray the same way and it's, you kind of put together this prayer, but then it ends up being just, you're just praying through the same words. So I try to remember that it's good to to think about what I'm saying and to, you know, maybe focus on, because that's one of the things it is, you would focus on something different every day. So, you know, one day it was praying for family and another day it was praying for like uh, missionaries or the... Uh, people around the world. And so you'd have different, different focuses each day. And I think that's a, that can be helpful. 
Well, and I think you bring up something else really important is we do have different seasons in life. Mm. So I'm sure like me that your prayer life and how that looked when you had young children Mm. is different now, even, you know, in teaching, teaching your own children to pray. And I know sometimes young moms feel like they don't have a lot of time for Bible reading and prayer when they've got, you know, several young children and taking advantage of when you're washing the dishes or I used to pray a lot when I was nursing the baby. But is there anything else, Rachel, that you did with um, teaching your children? I guess the one thing that we've done is, you know, first is, is modeling prayer for them. So we're, they hear us pray for like the meals or together for bed. And so they, you know, it's modeling what prayer is like. And then the other thing is be, you know, this like, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, what, I'm not comfortable. I don't know what I should pray. Well, think about what are some of the things that we say, right? So I kind of walk them through, you know, what are just some basic things. You know, we're going to thank God for the day. We're going to ask him to bless our work. We're going to pray for this person or that. We're going to thank him, right? You know, and so that helping them see that they can, you know, pull together the threads and learn how to pray. And I think that's really the only, we haven't done anything very formal. Yeah. We, you know, one of the things, um, also that I, I found helpful was when we would do family worship, we would have the, our church, um, when the kids were young, had, you know, a list of prayer requests, small church, you know, um, you know, Bob has surgery this week or whatever's going on. And so, you know, having the kids as part of that, um, you know, depending on their age where they might say, oh, I want to pray for Mr. Smith and his surgery this week. And so they could kind of, kind of learn about, about praying. But one thing I did too, especially a couple of my kids were, and this is just personalities. They were, you know, right there. I want to pray tonight, you know, family worship. And they would, um, you know, come up with something off the top of their head, but a couple of my kids struggled. And so they would say, you know, mommy, can you pray? And I'll repeat after you. And so we did stuff Mm -hmm. like that where, so I would just say a simple prayer one line at a time. And this is like when they're three, four, five years old. Mm -hmm. And that, that was another way that they could kind of learn to pray. So they were praying, but they wanted, you know, a little bit of help. So that's another thing you can do with your children. Well, I do have um, a a few things that I'll link in the episode notes on prayer and um, Valley Vision that Rachel mentioned is is really great if you don't have that. We, um, one of my dad's friends loves that book and wanted to do a prayer from that at my dad's funeral. Mm. And um, my my parents' neighbor uh, that had never heard that loved it so much, and he went home and ordered it. So that's a that's a great book to have. Uh, and there's other ones too. I'll I'll lo- try to look if I have time. I'm leaving on vacation tomorrow, and put a couple. Uh, prayer books in there. We also have um, the Theology Gals Prayer Journal. If you're uh, wanting uh, something to write stuff down, there are apps too. There's different ways you can do it. Um, I've even at times, uh, there's some different diary apps or journal apps and where I've put them right in there. And there's some other ones too, where you can kind of organize. I have mine crazy organized so that each day of the week, kind of like you said, you're 
husband. I have mm-hmm. things that if things are going on, I have friends going through things. I have those on it. I can actually put daily. I can put wow. twice weekly, you know, stuff like that. But then things like, um, you know, people that I don't see a lot that I want to keep in prayer. My grandparents, uh, later in their life, when they're both retired, every morning they they had very organized day. But when mm-hmm. I would go stay with them, I'd get up, they'd they'd eat breakfast, and then they would have their Bible reading and prayer time together every day after breakfast, and they prayed for every one of their children grandchildren and great-grandchildren by name, which amazed Mm -hmm. me. You know, they have long, long prayers every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you have to, you have to do what works for you in your season of life. And maybe if it is something, maybe you don't have a Christian husband or, um, or wife or, or you're not married. um, I think it can be helpful to have a friend to pray with. I, before I got married, I had a friend that we would get together once a week and pray together. And so um, that can be helpful too. So, well, the next few weeks will be some um, best of episodes. And, uh, and then if you do have anything you'd like us to talk about, go ahead and you can email us at theologygals at gmail.com. So thanks for joining us.